What a beautiful day, huh? I'm glad we're doing this earlier before it really gets hot. So if you think it's hot now, my goodness. So I know some of you are new, so I want to emphasize something that I've been sharing every time we get together. And those of you who have heard this before, I got some good news. This is the seventh time that we have met. I think seven's a really good number, don't you? So this is the last time I'm going to do it. So here we go. We do not support any negative comments about anyone, nor do we support any kind of divisiveness. We want to experience the peace and the unity that only Jesus can bring. So we will not gossip, we will not slander, and we will not defend. We don't want to dwell in the past. We just want to move forward with whatever God is going to do and with whatever he's going to bless. So anytime that we meet, our focus is always going to be on loving God and loving people while we're in fellowship with one another. So I'd like for all of you to do me a favor. Let's hold each other accountable to this right here. And so that when we have new people, I don't have to address it from this pulpit right here. You guys can take care of that. I can take care of it. So hold me accountable, and we'll hold each other accountable for that going forward. Sound good? All right. Now, if there's one thing that most of us don't do very well, it's probably this. We don't take time to rest enough, do we? Many of us have schedules that cause us to run from one activity to another, whether it's work or shuttling kids around or taking care of countless to-dos. We seem to always be switched on without any way to just switch off for a while and recharge. We live in a culture that is interconnected by technology that allows us to communicate 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Emails, text messages, phone calls, social media chats, all of these things are constantly grabbing our attention. Then we multitask in an effort to try to get things done. And many of us simply feel like if we take time to rest, then we just won't be able to get everything accomplished. The fear of getting behind drives us to do more, work longer, work harder, work faster. Think about this for just a minute. When was the last time that you unplugged yourself from all the noise and the busyness in your life and you just rested? You rested your mind, you rested your body with no distractions. For some of us, it's not often enough. And when we keep up this crazy pace of being too busy without periods of rest, what happens? It just stresses us out. We have an enemy in Satan who loves to keep us busy. Because if we're too busy, then we're too exhausted or we're too distracted to do many of the things that truly matter in life. And if Satan can't make us bad, he's just going to make us busy. You know, I've heard it said that the word busy, it stands for being under Satan's yoke. Now, you might not be able to see this on your screen. If you can, that's okay. But a yoke is like this old wooden contraption that they used to put on cattle, and they would keep the two cattle together, right? It was this wooden thing that went on the back of their shoulders and it had kind of a wood U that went around the neck. And so the person that was controlling those cattle would have those two together, yoked together, and that's what kept them on track to do their thing. And you know, Satan's yoke is heavy. And when we're yoked to him, he will drag us all over the place, keeping us busy, keeping us distracted, keeping us from our purpose. But Jesus' yoke, it's just the opposite. Jesus tells us in Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 and 30, he says, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. 
Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. When we choose to follow Jesus, when we are truly yoked to him, there is rest for our souls. So today I want to talk to you about how to battle busy. How do we battle? How do we do this? How do we defeat being busy? Now, I'm not going to fill your mind with all kinds of things about how to combat busy. I could, because there's a lot of resources out there that talk all about all these different ways. Here, there's 10 steps, there's 12 steps to keeping yourself from getting busy. I'm not going to do that today. I'm not going to overwhelm you with 12 ways to stop being busy. I have two very simple points today on how to battle busy. So let's just jump in. Number one, be selective. We've got to be selective. We have to be selective with our time. All of us have 1,440 minutes in a day, and we have 160 hours in a week, period. All of us have the same amount of time. What we choose to do with our time is what matters. Now, listen to Paul in Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15 and 16. He says, look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. You see, there is a battle going on for our time every day. But God wants us to make the best of our time. He wants us to get the best value of our time as possible. And to do this, we have got to be selective about what we choose to do with our time. And you know, Jesus was our perfect example. He was fully God and he was fully man. And that meant that while he was living on this earth, he operated within the same time constraints that you and I have. So the real question is, how did he find time to do all that the Father was calling him to do? He was selective about what he chose to do. It's always a choice. He made the best use of his time. And one lesson that we can take from him in being selective is this. We need to be very careful about what we choose to say yes to. We absolutely cannot say yes to everything that screams at us as urgent. Sometimes... We're going to have to say no. And some of us need some real practice in saying no. We do. In Mark chapter 1, we read all about the activity that Jesus was involved in. Mark chapter 1, it kind of reads like a day in the life of Jesus in his ministry. Listen to this. First, he begins by teaching in the synagogue in the city of Capernaum. A man comes in who's possessed by an evil spirit. Jesus commands that evil spirit to leave, and it leaves, and the man is healed. And next, then Jesus goes to Peter and his brother Andrew's house. And then he heals Peter's mother-in-law, who has been sick. After the sun went down for the day, Simon and John and James, they brought all who were sick and possessed to Jesus. The word says in Mark chapter 1, verse 33, that the whole city gathered together at the door. Can you imagine that? They've been working all day, and now the whole city is at the door. What does Jesus do? Then he begins healing people of all kinds of diseases and casts out demons from all who were possessed. When I read this, I think about how exhausting of a day this must have been for him. It reads as if all the activity was just nonstop, bouncing from one thing to another. It kind of sounds like our lives sometimes, doesn't it? But I love what happens the next morning. In Mark chapter 1, verses 35 and 38, it says, Before daybreak the next morning, Jesus got up, And went out to an isolated place to pray. 
I love this. He was working all the way into the night till the sun went down. What did he do? He got up before the sun got up, and he went and spent time with his father in an isolated place to pray. Verse 36. Later, Peter and the others went out to find him, and when they found him, they said, Everyone is looking for you. But Jesus replied, We must go on to the other towns as well, and I will preach to them too. That is why I came. You see, Jesus knew and understood the value of getting rest right in the midst of all the activities that were going on in his day. He made it a priority to choose to spend time with his father so he could be refreshed. When his disciples were wondering where he went, they went looking for him. They said, everyone is looking for you. Of course, Jesus knew everyone was looking for him, man. He's Jesus. Of course, he knew that to everyone that was looking for him. It was urgent. They demanded to have his attention. But Jesus chose that which was more important, getting rest in the presence of his father so that he could be refreshed and be able to continue in his mission. Right. Like it said in verse 38, we must go on to other towns as well, and I will preach to them. That is why we came. Do we stop and make time for rest with our heavenly father? You know, that's the model that Jesus gave us. He didn't allow the urgent to overshadow the important. Urgent tasks, they scream at us. Take care of me immediately. That's what urgent is. While important tasks, they always contribute to the bigger picture in our lives. Jesus knew the bigger picture. He knew that it was the bigger picture was about accomplishing the will of his father. So even in the mess, in the midst of all the urgent that was screaming at him to get his attention, he made time for what was important by getting away and being refreshed in being with his father. You and I have got to do the same. We have to be selective. Now, there will be times there will be times when things are both urgent and important. I'm not trying to say don't do the urgent. What I'm saying is be selective so that you don't ignore the important. Now, I could say this another way. Do first what matters most. Do first what matters most. God doesn't necessarily want us to do more. He wants us to do more of what matters most. So let me ask you, what matters more than a relationship with him? In Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, Jesus says, Seek the kingdom of God above all else, and he will give you everything you need. That is one of my favorite verses of all time right there. Make him the priority, and he will take care of everything that you need. We don't have to run around killing ourselves, trying to do everything and do anything that comes our way. We've got to ask him. We need to seek him first. That means we need to be selective about where we spend our time. We need to make the best use of our time. Jesus understood this. It's why that when you look at his ministry, you're going to find a pattern. He would always withdraw from everything and everyone so he could be alone with his father and be refreshed. We know this. You can look in Luke chapter 5, and it says, Luke records that Jesus often withdrew to deserted places to pray. That was his pattern. He did this repeatedly. So do you do this? Are you making time for him? Are you making the best use of your time? To battle busy, there are two things that we must do. Number one, we must be selective. And number two, we need to be still. We need to be still. That means we need to have perspective and we need to have his peace. 
We don't always need to be in such a hurry. Was Jesus ever in a hurry? You think Jesus was ever in a hurry? Study his ministry. You'll find that he was never in a hurry because he knew the value of being still. In Mark chapter 10, as Jesus was about to leave the town of Jericho, he was about to leave, and he had a whole bunch of people around him, including his disciples. He was getting ready to leave to continue on his mission, and then there there was this beggar. This beggar was sitting on the side of the road, and he was like calling out to Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. Now the people in the crowd, I wonder, I wonder if the people in the crowd were just anxious to get to the next destination because they told that beggar, they're like, hey, man, you need to be quiet. Just shut up, right? And all that did for the beggars, it just made them cry louder. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And then in verse 49, when Jesus was leaving the town of Jericho on his way to continue his mission, the word says he stopped. He stopped. He stopped and told the crowd, call the man to come here. And when the blind man came to him, he healed him. You see, there was an urgency to leave Jericho and continue the mission, but Jesus knew it was more important to stop and care for the blind man. Are you so busy that all you, that with all the stuff that you've got going on that you don't stop and be still and do the things that the Lord would have you to do? You know, last Wednesday, last Wednesday, my wife and I were scurrying around prepping for Wednesday night service. And I saw this truck pull in the driveway. I didn't recognize the truck. I didn't know who it was. And I could feel myself with all the anxious thoughts in my mind because I'm thinking about all the tasks that I've got to get done. And then when I saw who it was, I went, no. He's way more important than all this stuff. And so I stopped. I sat down. I listened. I prayed with him. Now, I don't always get this right. I'm not saying this for you guys to look up to me because that's not it. I fail more times than I succeed when it comes to that. But that moment, I recognized he was more important. And so I stopped. So, but if we don't take the time to be still, we will miss the most important things that God wants us to do. Do you know that? Psalm 46 begins with, God is our refuge and our strength. I love that word refuge. When I think of that word, I think of a place of safety our place of rest. Psalm 46 goes on to talk about no matter what kind of chaos happens in our lives, whether it's national disasters or whether there's wars between nations, the Lord of heaven's armies is our fortress. And then we come to verse 10 where it says, be still and know that I am God. In other words, stop all your striving. Stop battling busy and be still. I am God, he says. There is nothing I can't handle. There is nothing that I can't overcome. Come to me and you will find rest for your souls. We often choose so many other things over him to try to find rest. You know that? We do. You look at your schedule, we probably choose so many other things over him. We can try to sit down and watch a TV show or a movie to try to get rest. I'm not saying that's bad. You can do that. But it's not a replacement for true rest. True rest is only found in the Lord. Psalm 62.5 says, rest in God alone, O my soul. If we try to rest in the world, it will just make us weary. But if we be still and rest in the Lord, we will be refreshed. We have to slow down and be Still, 
In Exodus chapter 14, God, through his servant Moses, led the Israelites out from slavery in Egypt. And they came to this place where they could go no further. You might remember this. Pharaoh and the Egyptians were quickly on the heels, man. They're chasing them down. There's mountains on both sides. They've got the Red Sea to the front, and they're trapped. And what happens? There's no way out. And panic starts to seep in among the Israelites. They start to freak out, and their minds are just busy with all kinds of doubt and worry and fear. As children of God, we should never panic. We should always pray. We need to be still. Moses says to the Israelites in verse 13 and 14, he says this, Do not be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you serve today, you shall see again no more forever. The Lord will fight for you, and you shall hold your peace. You shall hold your peace. In other words, be quiet. That's what that means. This is a lesson for you and I. We do not need to panic. We simply need to be still and look to the Lord who is our refuge. Only in him can we have true rest. Only in him can we have true peace. So stop trying to take matters into your own hands. Are you feeling trapped by the busyness of life? Be still and know that he is God. So to battle busy, we need to do two things. Be selective and be still. If we can do that, we can have his peace. And in his peace is rest. We have all got to make time to spend with him. There is nothing more important than this. Don't let the urgent overpower or overshadow that which is most important. We only have time for what we choose to have time for, so choose wisely. Don't let the enemy keep you busy. Be selective and be still. Let's pray. Father God, we know in this busy life that we can get so distracted by everything going on. And sometimes we try to find rest in so many other things other than you. Lord, get our attention today. Remind us that you are our refuge. You are our rock. You are our fortress. And we can come to you with anything that's on our mind. And so rather than scurry around trying to be busy, help us, Lord, to take time and choose wisely. Your word says for us to make the best use of our time. So, Lord, teach us to do that. Teach us to slow down and to come to you, our Heavenly Father. Your word tells us that if we just cast our cares upon you, that you'll take care of those things. We don't need to hold on to it. So, Lord, I just pray right now, if there's someone here that is just overwhelmed with what's going on in their life, that, Jesus, you'd bring them your peace, that you'd comfort, that you'd bless, that you'd encourage. Help all of us, Lord, to always look to you and remember that you gave us the perfect example. You rested. You rested. You spent time with your father. You, you prayed. Lord, we need to do that. Help us to model that. We thank you for it. We thank you for this day. We pray your blessing over this food that we're about to share together, this nice barbecue. We're going to stuff our faces, and we just love you for that. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you need prayer, if you've got something on your mind, something on your heart, and you want someone to pray for you, there's plenty of us who would do that. I would be honored to pray for you. Maybe there's a struggle that you're dealing with and you just need to be set free. The word talks about, man, come and let people lay hands on you and pray so you can be set free. We'll do that today. Just come find me. So we're going to crank up the barbecue here. We're going to get started on the food.
And you guys just enjoy the beautiful day today, and we'll praise the Lord for it. Thank you all for being here.